Hello, hello, and welcome to the Book Buzz Show. I am your host, Cheryl Brooks. And um, if you're new here, welcome. And if you are returning, welcome back. Um, if you enjoy the upcoming show, please do me a favor and like, follow, subscribe, and share the broadcast. Um, some of you, I don't, if you're a returning, you probably know I took a little break to work on my health, both mentally and physically, which I'm trying to be more mindful of. And that's something that we all need to probably be mindful of. But I am so happy to be back doing, you know, what I love and what I'm passionate about. And that's talking about books <laughs> and having amazing discussions with authors about their work and other book lovers. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, um, here at the Book Buzz Show, we do talk a little about the book and the characters. Um, I don't normally give any major spoilers, though, and um, and if I do, I normally will mention it beforehand. Um, there have been like a few times where we did do a deep, a deep dive into a story, but um, I did let uh, the audience know ahead of time. Uh, that won't be tonight. Tonight we will just be, um, we will talk about the book, but it's we won't give any major spoilers that will spoil it for anyone. Um, the show is evolving and there are some amazing changes coming our way or your way. And one of the things that has already changed is that in addition to being a live broadcast, uh, we are now, the Book Buzz Show is also now a podcast. So you can check us out at the Book Buzz Show with Cheryl. You have to put that with Cheryl on the end. And wherever you get your podcast, you should be able to follow us. Um, please make sure you do follow us so you'll um, stay up with the most current um, interviews. And when you're on the go, you can listen. And um, in addition to that, there are some um, other major uh, changes and um, really fun things on the horizon. So stay tuned. Um, before I bring on the guest and my co-host for tonight, I'd like to shout out the sponsor of this week's broadcast, and that is the Detroit Style Brand. And the Detroit Style Brand supports and showcases the city of Detroit through their apparel and the great thing about it is that you don't have to be from Detroit to rep the Detroit Style Brands Apparel. So make sure to follow them on their Instagram page at the Detroit Style Brand and check out their amazing wear. Um, they really have some great apparel and very creative uh, designs. So make sure to check them out. And again, uh, they are our sponsors for this week. Um, this week's broadcast, both today and Thursday. So I will also be uh, mentioning them on the next broadcast on Thursday. All right. All right, so now let's bring tonight's guest and co-host. My co-host for tonight is Katina Brown. And she has helped me out several times um, on the broadcast in uh, recent um, months. And my guest author for tonight is L.R. Jackson, 
and we will be discussing her book, which is The Accidental Queen. And um, as you can see, the cover, the book cover is on the screen. Beautiful cover, by the way. I love it. It just might make my best book cover <laughs> list. Um, so without further ado, let me just bring on tonight's guest and tonight's co-host. Hello, ladies. Hi. Hello. Welcome, welcome. All right, let's get right into it. Let me, uh, I think I have a couple of comments out here. Let's see. We have some, uh, hello, Ola. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Deanne. Thank you for joining us. All right. So, um, LR, if you could tell the audience a little bit about your writing journey and, um, like, when did you start professionally writing and what was your journey from then until now? Absolutely. Um, so I've actually been writing since I was about 12 years old. Um, I used to write short stories. I used to write poems, things of that nature. Um, I won a short story contest. And it required me to fly to Chicago to earn my prize. Well, I'm from a family that didn't fly and my parents pretty much said no. And I had to forfeit the prize to somebody else. Oh no. Yeah. So at that moment, I'm like, you know what? One day I'm going to write a book and people are gonna read my story. And um, so I just stayed true to that. I never lost the passion. I always had the stories in my head. I always, um, would write down little things, but I became a mom. And so that took up most of my life. And when my daughter um, became a teenager and got her own social life, um, that's when I actually wrote, wrote my first novel, um, which was published under um, a subsidiary publishing company and went on to write probably, I want to say maybe 10 novels under her. And then she decided not to had the company anymore and I got the rights back and I self-published for a while um, until I uh, got connected with uh, Black Odyssey Publishing and was able to traditionally publish, uh, had my first traditionally published novel. So that's yeah, one Congratulations with that. Yeah, thank you. So what is, what is the, the main difference that you see between um, being self-published and traditionally published? Have you noticed? Um, for me, I haven't noticed too much of a difference only because I'm lucky enough to be with a publisher that allows me to have some type of creative control and to be able to uh, still have an input on certain things. But usually with a traditionally published company, um, they're the ones choosing the covers. Um, some of the changes and updates they want made to the story, the author may not be in align with, and sometimes mm -hmm. it doesn't always mesh. Mm -hmm. um, I'm fortunate enough to be with the publishing company where my voice is heard. They allow me to be me. They allow me to write how I write. Um, it's, it's not always on agreement, but if there's something where they feel like I should go here and I'm strong and I feel strongly about it, like, no, I think it should stay here. They do right. wait it in and they listen and we kind of uh, sort it out. So, so 
So yeah, I would say the biggest one would be deadline. When you self-publish, it's like, ah, I'll release it whenever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe this week, maybe next month, you know. Mm-hmm. But with the traditionally pub, uh, traditional publisher, you know, you have deadlines, you got editing right. deadlines, publishing deadlines, and you know, you, you do your best to make sure you stick with it so that you have a successful release. And that's good. I'm glad that you got with a, a, a publisher that um, recognizes, you know, that where you still can kind of keep your hand on the pulse of what you yes. do for the book, right? Yes, it's super important to me because I, when it comes to my creativity, um, you know, I, I don't want it to uh, steer too far away from who I am. Right. And, um, you know, that's one of the great benefits of, of who I'm signed with. Now, for uh, those who haven't read the book um, yet, can you give us um, a little bit about what what the book is about? Yes. So The Accidental Queen is a royal fairy tale. Um, It's about a character named King Defari, who pretty much runs into uh, an ex of his that he was madly in love with. It's a second chance romance. Um, forbidden romance, which is my thing. Readers <laughs> read my work will see that my style of writing is usually second chance and forbidden romance, either okay. both or one or the other. Um, they're suspenseful, full of twists and turns, and this book is no different. It just goes on the journey of a king who is pretty much um, commanded into an arranged marriage but wants, but doesn't want it. He wants to marry someone that, that he's in love with. Um, so he runs into her and unfortunately she doesn't know about him. She's hiding the secret that he doesn't know about. And the story just takes you through this suspenseful journey all the way to the happy ending, of course. Right. And that's what I like too. Um, Cause I, I love uh, the suspense mm-hmm. um, mystery. So I did like that it had, um, some of that in there as well as um, the role, the role um, yeah. factor. Yeah, I the way that I am, if, if you're a Harlequin sappy romance reader, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some some sappiness in it because it's romance, right? right. So you're right. going to have the, the declaration of love and stuff like that. But um, for me, it really is about the suspense and the plot. Like I really love to create a good plot for the reader so that they're not just getting a love story, but they're getting getting an entire story overall with the aspects of the romance. Right. And you definitely achieved that in Thank this book. You. Don't Thank you think, Katina? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And um now I've always been fascinated by, you know, with royalty is particularly the British royalty, and that's probably because they're the most famous. Yes, yes. Um, So has it always been like that for you as well? Is that what made you decide to uh, do one on the royals? Yep, yeah, same here. I've I've probably watched every royal show there is. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. You know, just everybody. Mary, Queen of Scots. I mean, that's what they put out, right? You rarely see stories about African-American royalty. And so that's why this was so important to me because I'm like, well, what if we had our own story, you know? Um, And I just could not wait to write the characters and um, about the country of Africa and just tie it all together. I love that aspect of it because you don't, um, 
we see a lot of like the British monarchy and um, other other countries, um, but you don't see a lot of the African world. So I, I yeah. was good to read that angle. And um, how did you come up with the name of the the African country that Department <laughs> was from? It's really a crazy way. Um, so I was doing my family history and I traced my dad's mother's side of the family from Eastern Shore, um, Virginia. They're from a small town called Mapachinga. Okay. And there's like the Mapachinga Indians and all this stuff. And for whatever reason, when I saw Mapachinga, it translated that name came into my mind for the country because I had the name at first, and I was like, "Oh, let me rearrange this a little bit and just come up with something." And that's that's really how I came up with it. That was gonna be my question: Was it a real like you know? No, no. So I I kept it. I created my own African country. Okay. I did not want to offend anyone who's mm -hmm. actually from Africa. I've never been. Um, and I don't know enough about the country to make it uh, as authentic as it should be. Right. So I created my own country and just did some research on if I went to Africa, how do I want it to look? How do I want the water to look, the flowers, the trees? And it was so much fun just creating this, this uh, country that I'm so excited to maybe visit at some point in my life. Right. <laughs> but that's really how it came about. Okay. Yeah. I love I love that. Okay. And um now have you ever met a royal? Anyone that's royal? I have not. No, I've never met anybody um of royalty that I'm aware of. <laughs> now if you could meet anyone, who would it be? Who would be your 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 dream um oh, royal to meet? Man, you know what? I think I would want to meet uh uh Harry. <laughs> You know what I think so too, but um, him you know, and Megan. Yeah, I, but hey, you know, this is closest we're gonna get right now. To us. <laughs> but you know what? I would have loved to have met Queen Elizabeth. Yes, Queen Elizabeth. Yes, but I would have loved to have met King Henry VIII. So I could say, you know, you really killed all your wives. Like crazy, yes. <laughs> you know, like how did you sleep at night? Like you literally beheaded like all of your wives. I think all of them except for what two or three. I think he not beheaded. except for two or three. So yeah, that would be an interesting conversation. I agree. What about you, Katina? Who would you like to um, meet, Roy? That's Roy. I'm on board with uh, with Megan and Harry. I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's sure. a possibility because they're here in the states, so yes. It would have been also nice to uh, meet uh, Diana. You know. Before. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. No, that is true. That is true. without without him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! I forgot. I don't know how I forgot about Diana, but you're right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how. You know, I think she probably was the most uh, down to earth and genuine. Right. For you know, as far as yeah. not letting it go to her head and all, and probably because she came from stature and wealth and all before she even married mm -hmm. right. into the family. Right. So she probably was like, um, I'm not that impressed, you know. 
What about you all in the audience? Uh, what what royal are you a royal? Are you do you follow the royals? And if you do, who would you like to meet? Put it in the comments. Um, also, we have a couple of Facebook usernames. Um, if you go into the description, you can give permission to uh, Streamyard to use your your name and your face. Uh, let's see, it says Harry. Deanna is saying Princess Diana, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Lisa is saying Harry, so she agrees with you too. Harry, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a cutie too with, with his red hair. He is. Yes. Him and his mother look completely different. Yeah. yeah. The other one. <laughs> 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 Oh, Deanne said Harry too. <laughs> yeah, I like him. Um, you know what? Harry has a little swag too. He I does. Think so too. You're right. Yeah. He, little... <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. I don't think any of us were surprised when he. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. mm -hmm. That's why he was down with the squirrel, huh? <laughs> 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 yes. Right, yeah, he does. He moves to yep, the he, does. he yeah. really does. And you gotta respect it. Right, right. Okay. All right. Now um are you we um are you ready to do the SERP and then oh, we'll go back into yes. some more questions? Yes, yes, yes. So I'm here's the book. So I'm going to read the prologue. Okay. Um, so okay. this is from Dafari's standpoint, and it takes place in Mafachika, Africa. Okay. I stare ahead at the ceiling, the weight of what's about to happen pressing heavily on my mind. In a few short hours, my life will change, and I'm not sure if it'll change for the better or for the worse. Truthfully, it really doesn't matter, because what's about to happen is inevitable. It's my destiny. I look down at the brown-skinned beauty lying next to me, her legs are tangled with mine under the soft satin sheets and her palm rests on my chest. Her dark hair is splayed across the cream colored pillow that's decorated with smudges of her red lipstick. She stirs before her eyes pop open. Good morning, your highness. Good morning, and I'm not your king, yet. She smiles as she lightly drags her nails down my chest, obviously hoping for a few more rounds of hot and sweaty sex before she leaves, but it's not happening. I'm not in the mood. I grab her hand and move it away from my chest as I sit up and toss the sheets back. I feel her hands on my shoulder as I sit on the edge of the bed. What's wrong? Nothing that needs to be discussed with you, Ify. I feel the bed dip as she moves closer, sliding her hand further down my chest. Oh, come on, I'm a great listener. I didn't bring you here to talk. Is this all that will ever be between us, Safari? I come here, let you have your way with me, and then you send me away? I turn around to face her. I'm the future king. What did you think this would be? She places her hand on my shoulder. A king needs a queen. I rise to my feet and grab my robe, shoving my arms into it quickly. Somehow I knew this day would come, the day she would want more, more than what I'm willing to give her. I've been sleeping with Ify for about two months now. She's beautiful and great in bed, but I have no plans on settling down with her or anyone else for that matter. I spin around and she's already standing in front of me. Her face is tight and her eyes are cold and emotionless. Dafari, is there someone else? Yes. 
I'm not answering that question. I made my intentions with you very clear, Ivy. I know, but I thought, what? That fucking me every night would make me marry you? You son of a... I grab her hand just before it slaps me in the face. I shove it down and take a step closer to her. Watch it. I would hate to have you in prison for striking the king. She huffs. You wouldn't. I smirk. Of course I wouldn't. I'm not that much of an asshole, regardless of what you think. Her face softens, causing me to feel guilty. Look, I don't want to hurt you, but I told you up front, sex is it for me. But it doesn't have to be that way. If you would just let me in and open your heart to me, we could be more. I place a kiss on her forehead. I can't be what you need, Ify. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. She gives me a solemn nod, tightens the sheet around her, and walks away. The door slams behind her and I release a heavy breath as I plop down on my chase. My intentions weren't to hurt her or any of the women I've entertained. No matter how candid I try to be, they all try to change my mind. They should have listened to me. They should have taken heed when I said it would just be sex between us. Finding a queen will be a mere technicality for me simply because it's my duty. My marriage will never be about love. It can't be because there's only one woman for me one woman who's earned my trust, one woman who I respect greatly, and one woman who is fit to rule beside me as queen. But unfortunately, she has no idea that I'm royalty. I like that scene. And um, at first I felt bad for, how do you pronounce her name, Ify? Yeah. Yeah. And um, at first I felt bad for, but then I got what he was saying too that he let it be known up front. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as you read on, you kind of see that she had her own agenda anyway, you know, and, um, you know, he just, he wasn't feeling it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He already had met his uh, soulmate. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And he was just waiting for the opportunity. Well, he didn't know if he was going to see her again or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he just, you know, he's a man. He's young. He has needs. I think he just was just sowing his oats until he, you know, was matched with someone and just was going to take it from there. Right, because he was willing. It seemed like he was willing to do his duty, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, but he was his heart was not definitely not in into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you think, uh, Katina, about about that scene? Um, I actually listened to that earlier today. I was, I was as I was in the car. I, I got the audible. I oh, didn't okay. the, the book. So I when I was doing a little refresher. Um, so I I thought I like you said, I saw both sides of the mm-hmm. coin. I saw her point of view and what she was trying to get at because she wanted to be queen, period. Point in blank. <laughs> so and yeah. she thought what she was doing was gonna work, you right. know. To get it, and obviously she didn't realize that there was another pull, a stronger pull somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like you said, he was just gonna do his duty and mm-hmm. and take the role, and whatever came with it came with it. But whoever, yeah. even if it wasn't it wasn't her, whoever he was going to pick, still wouldn't get his heart. Yeah, it was you know whoever it was, they just would gonna be on paper as mm-hmm. you know, queen yeah so. now i did at first feel like she like she actually had 
real feelings for him. Um, oh, she did. Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah. You know, they've known each other since they were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been sleeping together. She had feelings for him, but um, at the end of the day, I think the goal was really to be in position of right, right. Mm-hmm. And I she think he actually called her out on it, didn't he? Didn't he uh, ask her? I think he, he actually called her out. Yeah. yeah. Yep, he did. She didn't love him the way that he wanted to be loved. Right. Because I think it, um, they were they had been childhood friends, so mm-hmm. they had that kind of like uh, connection. Mm-hmm. Right, and so he yeah. had already reserved that spot. Mm-hmm. That, spot, that spot was already filled. So yes. was, <laughs> there yes. were like zero replacements for it. So. Thank you, Antoinette. And that's and, my um, mom's middle name, Antoinette. <laughs> and Ola yes. is saying that she's definitely getting the book. Thank you, Ola. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> um, now, which character or moment from the book prompted the strongest emotional reaction to you while writing, if any? So the strongest emotional reaction to me while writing that absolutely broke my heart was when, um, uh, gosh, I got to figure out how to say it without ruining it. There's a scene where, um, so Ebony and Defari become kind of separated for a period of time. There's a scene where he sees her and he asks her for an explanation and she can't say. Right. Um, and so he screams like, answer me. Like he, and his internal thoughts are like, wait a minute, like what is happening? I love this woman. Is she against me now? And it just breaks his heart. Right. And so just diving into that emotion that he felt and how he's begging her to tell me what's going on. And she's in a position where she can't, that was, it was pretty, uh, it, it was, it was pretty, uh, deep. Yeah, and I can um I could I could actually feel mm-hmm. the frustration with how frustrating that would be. Hi mm-hmm. Jennifer, you're okay. Um how frustrating that would be to really be into somebody and want to build a future with somebody, but you know that they're not yeah. giving you their all. Mm-hmm. Um, which he wasn't either, though, to be fair. Yeah. No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we have another comment. This is by far my absolute favorite romance book. Okay. Oh, uh, that's my best friend, y'all. She was oh, okay. everything. <laughs> Good best friend. Go yes. best friend. <laughs> and that's another thing I loved in the book is, um, and I say this all the time, is I love strong friendships that yes. are so I love yeah. Ebony and um, Shea's um, relationship. Yes. So all my books, the majority of my books, except for a few for reasons, they all have strong, close, best friends and, uh, you know, people around them that are just through them, through thick and thin, someone that's not, not judgmental. And that comes from my relationship with my best friend. Mm-hmm. And I have two other sisters. So I have three close women in my life that I can go to for anything. And the the relationship between Ebony and Shea models me and my best friends so closely um, that it was so easy to write. 
Like yes. the things that her best that her best friend would say, that Shaya would say is something my best friend would say to me. <laughs> and just the love they have and how Shaya's always willing to help. You notice throughout the book, Shaya's like, let me do this, let me do that, mm-hmm. let me, that's how my best friend is. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually like, no, 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 I've got it. I'm okay. Like, always like, listen, that's what best friends are for. That's why I'm here, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, unlike my situation um, in the book, Ebony had a reason why, you know, she was just very prideful. And I think that she just was just grateful that Shea was her friend to begin with, considering right. she had confided in her about, you know, her past. Right. And that was enough for her. She didn't need any extra money. She didn't need help doing X, Y, Z. She needed a friend. And that's what Shaya was. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think um, she felt like she didn't want to um, put too much um, on mm-hmm. or ask too much of Shaya. Um, yes. Yes. And her, and, her, and, her, and her boyfriend or her fiance at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I think a little bit, I think that was a lot of it too, that she she just didn't want to um, be a, a burden, basically. Yes, especially with, at the time, in the beginning of the book, Shea is planning a wedding. Right. So, you know, she's like, okay, you've got this going on. I don't want to interfere with that. It's a time for you to be happy. Don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but everybody needs a, a best friend like that because she basically, mm-hmm. she was really there for her because yeah. Ebony was definitely going through going through some things for real. Yeah, and she followed her journey through from the beginning of the book right. all the way to the end. All the way. Yes, love that. And I also love the relationship between um, Bass and uh, Defari. Um, yes, yes. He he was his you know his his protector, and uh, Defari was his king, but they were also really close friends. Very mm-hmm. close friends. Um, he just felt responsible for Defari in so many different ways. And um, Boss actually is getting his own story. Um, that's going to be releasing probably in next year sometime. Okay. You guys <laughs> get to see the reverse of that with Boss having his own story. But honestly, Boss was so fun to write. I could not give him his own story. I just couldn't. He's he's such a uh, just such a, a, a strong character mm-hmm. and such a support for Defari and the women just went crazy over him. <laughs> and his character is completely opposite of Defari because as you guys read, Defari is the king. He's mm-hmm. cool. right. he's gentleman like. Boz is a savage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't have to be Although anywhere. he didn't come off that way. He, uh, yes, right. yes. he doesn't have to be that way. So. Right. People <laughs> thought he was, I think it was said, somebody thought he was a nerd or something, but. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No. Now this was kind of linked to the other question, but what was your favorite scene to write and why? My favorite scene to write Probably was, I think it was when Ebony had the baby. Okay. Yeah. Like, I just, it was just so cute to, 
bring two people together who love each other and you know and I don't mind that spoiler because in most romance books that happens I just I loved writing that scene like to, to have a king feel so vulnerable now gushing over a baby you know I, that, um, that was a touching scene because I believe he cried didn't he? yeah yeah um, it was yeah. that was it was that was like one of my favorite scenes uh-huh. right and the scene where um, Boz punches a certain someone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun scene. Yeah. I had been waiting on that. I was like, I want to put it in this chapter. <laughs> you know, I, I knew that was going to happen from the beginning. Oh, of the story. It was like so, so. I was so happy to write that. Yes. I even was like, yes, to myself. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite scene, uh, Tina? Do you, uh, one of your favorite scenes that stood out to you? Well, it was probably one of the more, I guess, heartbreaking ones. It was uh, the uh, Shea and Ebony. Oh yeah, that me too. Yeah, toward the end. Yeah. Oh, when... that was hard to write. I was like, oh no, <laughs> my heart was breaking. Like, right. oh, yeah, that was tough. That was that tough. Was to tough. That was tough to read. It was mm-hmm. like I felt I had all the feels with that, like, because she knew, you know, what she had meant to her, and mm-hmm. inside she was screaming like, it was breaking her. Yeah, yeah, that was really really tough to write, and I struggled with. Should I let her in and let them figure it out? But the reason I didn't is because um, if if you read my work, you will notice that I write really strong heroines. Like Mm -hmm. the women are the heroes in my stories. Okay. I rarely write about damsel in distress. Now, Ebony very much came across as a damsel. Right, in the beginning, yeah. But as you read the book, you see her strength. Mm-hmm. And you see mm-hmm. what she does. So all my work, it's the woman who saves the day, who's the hero, without emasculating the man or making the man seem less than and not his right. role. You, mm-hmm. you see okay. what I'm saying? So okay. if I would have let her in, I think it would have taken away from the focus of just her being the one who saves the day and brings right. everything together right right so that's really why i um why i i you know decided to go and i can see that even though at the time i wanted to, I wanted to take ebony like what are you doing what are you doing yeah. but, um, <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah. i know but it was, uh, it was tough to write yeah and you see even boz was mad about it like people like <laughs> you know so yes yes and um Let's talk a little bit about the main characters. Let's start with Jafari. Um, for people who um, are new to to the book and are planning to get it, um, can you describe his character a little bit? Yes. So Jafari is a chocolate, sexy, tall <laughs> man. Um, yes. His description came to me after I was watching Queen Sugar one night. And okay. Angel. Uh-huh. I saw him and was like, oh, like, <laughs> that's how I would want Safari to look, you know? Okay. So 
Um, but his personality and who he is as a man, he is a gentleman. Um, he is a thinker. He does not act off of impulse. Uh -huh. um, he's smart. He's calculated. Um, and he, he takes his role serious, even though he had the weight of the country on his shoulders. Right. Um, and he is a man of um, integrity. He's a man of integrity. Um, and he's ju he just was a, a pleasure to write. He really was. Now, none of my male characters are perfect. I mean, where's the fun in that? Right, you know? right. <laughs> we want realistic. So you'll read there were some things about him that you're probably screaming like, really, Defari? Like, <laughs> no. So there's that. But for the most part, he is just very much just that that calm gentleman that's going to be there for his woman, have her back, and um, just be an amazing partner um, to her. Yes, I agree. And I can see that. And he was very steadfast. And that's what she mm -hmm. needed. She needed somebody yes. that she could feel safe, um, especially with everything that she was dealing with. Yeah. Um, and even then, she still, uh, you know, hesitated in, in coming clean mm -hmm. with him about everything. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But I loved how how strong and secure he was um, yeah. and how he... Um, made her feel um and i love that he called her princess yeah and she <laughs> knew why for the longest time right <laughs> she thought it was just the nickname right so, you know so yeah because he always knew that she was his mm -hmm. princess she was gonna be yeah. the, she was the one mm -hmm. um okay let's get into ebony a little bit um her character mm -hmm. So Ebony's character, again, she's um, a dark-skinned, beautiful woman. Um, I feel like a lot of the romance stories and stuff I read, the women were always light-skinned, yeah. mm -hmm. light-colored eyes. And to each his own. I'm not here to bash what anybody's yeah. character but for me, I wanted to write about a beautiful, dark-skinned woman. I'm not dark-skinned, but I just love dark-skinned women, they're so beautiful. I mean, we're beautiful anyway because we come in all colors, right. but just reading about a beautiful dark-skinned woman, just I was like, yes, this is what I'm going to do for her. And, you know, she can be very stubborn, as you mm -hmm. probably saw from the gate, um, but she also is very uh, strong-minded. Um, she's super smart. Um, and she is also calculated. She had a reason for everything that she did. Right. Um, a, a, a reason for Tori while she was with him. Right. A reason for the jobs, a reason for she had everything in line of, of this plan of what it was supposed to be. But Defari just so happened to, to intersect. So um I didn't want her to just accept everything from him. I needed her to, I needed to show the readers that this is a woman who has a past and was down in her luck in this past, but found a way to climb out of it. Even if mm -hmm. it wasn't connected to him, it wasn't given, right. you know, it wasn't like, Oh, here's money. Go do what you need to do. Right. You know, she worked hard for the position that she got. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And you did a good job with the um, showing the struggle that she had with 
what she was dealing with um, in her past and trying to move forward and mm-hmm. and even the, even the simple things like trying to um, maintain a good job with benefits <laughs> and all of that. So um, I Absolutely. thought that was that was good. Um, who was the character inspiration that you have for her? If anybody, if for Ebony, I did not have a character inspiration for her. I just okay. kind of just you know. Um, what I would like her to to look like. Okay. Yeah. And and then the name Ebony came out of that. Mm. Who did your uh, book cover? I love the cover. Thank you. Um, I worked closely with my publisher to tell them what I wanted and what the okay. was, and that's what they came up with. And I was I was in here doing somersaults. I was like, oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> even with the audio. You hear the accents, which was so important to me. Mm-hmm. So important. Like, I love to keep everything authentic. And I was like, oh, gosh, I hope this works. You know, I hope the accent works. Right. Some people mm-hmm. get annoyed. You know, everybody don't like accents. And some people may struggle with that over audio. Like, oh, I can't deal with this voice. Right. But I think the narrator did an amazing job of having the accent, but not sounding like right. just like you know one tone and and just boring mm-hmm. what did you think um tina with the um the audio the audio i preferred i preferred it because it 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 made me feel like i was there okay you know it made it more authentic you know and and relatable right um, with it and i i, I prefer it because you're right there are some yeah. audibles that as soon as you hear the first couple notes, you're like, mm, no, yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna work. But it's even some something simple as like a wheezing or something that you that's all you hear like the whole time is like or some kind of something in their their throat that's agitating, <laughs> and that's all you can focus on is that. But this was. This this was this was a good one for me. Thank you, okay. thank you Absolutely. so much. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Absolutely, good one for me. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, end up having any? Were there any challenges in writing the book? Um, there were. There were some challenges. Um, just the heartbreaking scenes were were challenging. Um, from Ebony to Defari to the scene with Shea. Mm-hmm. I would find myself starting it, putting it up, picking it back up, um, even down to um, when she went to the girls' home to to talk mm-hmm. with Trina. Like, mm-hmm. so putting all that together and just in my mind thinking about girls who are really in that situation or mm-hmm. situations that actually happen, like with Ebony. Um, you know, it just it it can become uh, emotional um, right. when you're you're writing those types of scenes so I would take a break go back to it take a break go back to it because that was um, one of the questions I had as far as um, the um, foster care system and um, and her Trina and Ebony's relationship and how they basically both were on the run um, mm-hmm. and how Trina um, she had this 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 uh, attitude type, uh, but but I guess she would have to to for everything that she was going through and being in this. this yeah, 
it's she only really trusted Ebony mm-hmm. and um you know she's now in this situation and you know it's how she has to be so yeah. and I loved how you ended um where she ended up as far as um because you could have had it where she moved with Ebony mm-hmm. yeah and I thought yeah. it was interesting how you how she you made it where she decided to no I'm gonna stay mm-hmm. I'm gonna do this yeah. I'm gonna, Forge my own path, even at that mm-hmm. young age. Yeah, yeah, she definitely took advantage of. I mean, she was smart, yeah, you know, and so she was able to to take advantage of that and and you know and forge her own path. So, yeah. Um, now, did with the foster care system? Um, well, you didn't de- you didn't delve too much into that, but um, was that intentional? putting that in the, in the story as far as her, her being in foster care and not necessarily being with Ebony? Yes, it was intentional. Um, it was intentional because Ebony was already having a, a hard time by herself. And, um, you know, she just knew she wouldn't have been able to do for her and Trina. So this was like the best thing for her to be able to do. At least she would have a roof over her head, right. things that she may not be able to provide for her. Because it was difficult reading um, because there's so many people that are in that situation where mm-hmm. she was trying to decide. She was like, okay, I, I won't eat mm-hmm. for a yeah. couple of days. That, that broke my heart right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of people um, in that situation. And honestly, it's a lot of people in the situation um, with the dynamic of her and her boss. Like oh, just yeah. working under someone that just makes it hard for you. And they don't even know your story. Mm-hmm. You know, she, this lady is making it hard for her, not knowing what her story is. Right. If she would have known her story, she probably would have been a little more sympathetic and wouldn't have done what she did. But right. she's looking at her like, oh, you're coming in late, you're lazy, you're, yes. you know, um, things like that. So it, it goes back to uh, this this poem I remember reading from a kid in elementary school. And it says something along the lines of, I got up this morning, um, I had to make my little sister breakfast, and my mom didn't wash my clothes, so I had to do this. I had to catch three buses to get to school, and then I get to class, and my teacher fusses at me for not having a pencil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it it goes back to something like that you know Mm -hmm. um so i just try to write relatable characters i try to write to touch on certain topics that are real even though i may have never experienced it just to kind of um shed some light on you know just different things going on in the world and um and you did a, a great job making them relatable and like i said just just from that seen along with um, her having to decide what she's going to eat or if she's going to be able to eat or what meal she's going to have to skip. But mm-hmm. with the um, with the thing with the, the boss, I actually related to that because I, I, I had that situation where um, I had a, a female um, supervisor and it seemed like the, the, when I had the female supervisor, it was always mm-hmm. um, from the very beginning, like um instead of support yeah you got a lot of the negative but when i had male supervisors 
Yeah. The total opposite. So, um, and I don't know why that is. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She didn't give her a break at all. Like, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like she said, it happened from the beginning. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. even based on what she said the reason was. Yeah. Tina, did you have any questions or comments um, for LR? I would, I wanted to, if we can touch on, um, if I'm saying this right. Inu, mm-hmm. Inu mm-hmm. Um, yes. and that relationship with Dafari, I guess, and with the father, and you know mm-hmm. how he felt about all of that. Um, yeah, that was an interesting dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was raised an only child, um, but I found out I had a sister four years ago. Oh wow. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she was adopted. Um, we found each other on Ancestry um, DNA linked us. And um, it's like, you would think we grew up together. We're so close. But in telling my story to other people, people with siblings would always say, oh, you're lucky because me and my brother don't get along. Or I can't stand my sister or my brother this and my sister that. And I'm like, really? Like, that's how it is? Um, <laughs> but there is also um, a certain pressure that's put on an oldest child or an mm-hmm. only child. I'm an only right. child. My parents' only child. My parents get sick or, or something. Well, now not my dad anymore, but it's just me to right. carry the weight. So I, I took from that as to here's, here Defari is, the firstborn. He's the one that's going to be king. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Inu was reckless mm. as a parent I have one kid but in talking to people with multiple children as a parent you know which child is responsible right. and which child is not, is not. You do. You do. <laughs> so, um, just being able to show um, just kind of the path of how the party was viewed and how he knew pretty much did his own thing and how that created resentment in mm. um, Enu. Yes, Jennifer, it is a romance. <laughs> yep, it's a second chance romance, Jennifer. You'll love it. Yeah. So um, so that's really where I, I, I drew that from. But also showing the unconditional love, if you notice, Dafari, no, no matter what Enu said or how much Enu tried to challenge him, yeah, that's my little brother. That's my yeah. right, and yeah. it ended up not working out for him, you know, throughout the story. So, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that came from the way he was. Um, mm-hmm. Jennifer says she's the oldest out of seven. Ah, wow, Jennifer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wow. I think, <laughs> I think the, um, a lot of that came from from what I was reading. Um, they babied him and they let him get away with everything. When he did right. something, whenever he did anything, he got away with it. He mm-hmm. babied him. And yeah. um, he didn't have any true consequences. That's, um, true. That's true. And so it was nothing to build character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, And also, I don't think Inu never did anything to even prepare for 
the position. Right. Like, okay, I'm I'm the son. I should get it too. Right. You know, all the things that you read that Defari did and trained to get from birth to now to get mm -hmm. him that Enu didn't do that. Thank you, Jennifer. I hope you enjoy it. So yeah, Enu um, was something else, and um, yeah, <laughs> and you do you hear about like siblings or even just cousins or whatever, and there's uh, jealousy and envy, yeah. and um, mm -hmm. and it 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 festers and festers, and um, so I, I I could relate to that because I was thinking about I just read I was just watching something on the news uh -huh. um, here in Michigan um, where they were looking for. Um, a female who who died, and they just—it turns out it was the cousin. Oh wow! Who had something to do with it, and um, and so family members. I mean, it happens. It happens, and yeah. you have to think about you know, um, just because they're blood, you know, they don't always. And even it. after everything, Defari still, you know, right. Mm -hmm. He was still the big brother. Mm -hmm. And still looked yeah. at him as you know his little brother, mm -hmm. <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. Oh. <laughs> what? Um, as far as the mother, I, did it seem like she played that? Because I think um, Inu made a comment that um, Jafari was the father's favorite, but he was the mother's favorite. But yeah. I didn't really get that sense that he was. I got that favorite. though. I got that. Did you? I did. Yeah, I she 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 babied him a lot. I, mm -hmm. I think she would tell him she would kind of put him in his place, but for the most part, there wasn't really any consequences. True, to right? She just would say something and let it roll off. You know, it had right. the father. If it was the father, I think there would have been something actually done. So, yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, you're right. I can see that because I mm -hmm. um, it ties back to what I was just saying that he was babied. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she was the one that was doing. Damn. Yeah. Um. And and Defari for, in some instances, covering mm -hmm. for him and um making excuses for him and things. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you. But we're getting close to our time. I can't believe how fast this went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I is what I wanted to ask you. I, it's two questions I usually ask. One is if you could write in any other genre, what genre would you try your hand at? Oh, that's a tough one because I am a romance person. <laughs> I think if I was going to try another genre, it would be maybe a thriller. Okay, and I love thrillers. I love thrillers. Only because of the way I write the suspense elements in mm -hmm. my romances, I think I could kind of translate it over to mm -hmm. thriller. Yeah, that would be a yeah, I think so yeah. too. It would be a good transition. And yeah. um the other question is what keeps you motivated um in writing and in life? Uh, what keeps me motivated in writing are the people who read my stories. Um when I started this journey, I didn't care if it was just one reader. If mm -hmm. just one person read my book, I've made it. Um, you know, so I feel successful in my own right. I haven't hit the New York Times. I haven't hit the USA Today. Um, yeah, thank you. I haven't hit it yet. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of authors that are popular. You just know their name. Um, so 
but I feel so successful with the journey that I've made uh, when people reach out to me about my work and tell me how much they love my stories. It is just the best feeling in the world and just makes me want to just continue writing great stories. That's what it's about for me. It's, it's about writing great stories mm-hmm. for the world and rep- representation. Like, what would I want to read? Um, in life, what motivates me is, I would say, my daughter. Um, she'll be 21 this year. Um, I'm a single mom. been a single okay. mom my life. And, um, you know, she keeps me motivated. I, I hope that I've set an example for her to pursue her dreams. Hopefully when she sees the things that I'm doing, she'll tap into her passions and and, you know, and follow suit and just know that she can do whatever it is that, that she wants to do. I love it. I love that. And you mentioned that you were going to uh, do uh Boz's story. Is that coming anytime? Yeah. Do you know when that's coming? or is It will a- be in 2024, I believe. Either 2024 or 2025. I don't have a release date or anything, but the story's done. It's amazing. Um, Boz is a savage. He's completely different than Dafari. Okay. Get a little more grit. Okay. And there's an explosive plot to that story as well. One that you definitely won't see coming. <laughs> I look forward to reading it. I can't wait. And um, uh, Can you tell everybody where they can uh, reach you and stay in contact? I do also have it in the description, but Yes, yes. So you can follow me on Facebook under Arthur L.R. Jackson. If you want to follow my personal page, that's Wanda Renee, W-A-N-D-A-R-E-N-E-E. I'm on Instagram um, under L.R. Jackson Arthur. And I'm under TikTok as Arthur L.R. Jackson. So those are, are my platforms. I was on Twitter, but my Facebook got hacked about a few months ago and it was hell getting it back. I was mm-hmm. able to get the page back, the Instagram back, but now I can't get into Twitter and I can't figure it out. And I <laughs> haven't, haven't been on there, but, but yes, so, so that's cool. And if you follow me on Facebook under um, the LR Jackson hangout, um, it's a private group. I post um, excerpts, spoilers, things like that before it goes to the public. I do giveaways, um, all that good stuff. Um, so be sure to follow the group as well. All right. And I'll put that in the comments um, afterwards. Thank you. And make sure everybody that you go out and get, get it. the Accidental Queen. It was very, very good. Um, very, very, I love the characters and I love the second chance romance, their love story. And I love the uh, secondary characters. Um, all well developed. So I highly recommend it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for coming on the show. And um, thank you, ladies, for having me. It's been You're so welcome. much fun. <laughs> I'll stay in touch, y'all. You have to come back when the next book comes out. Yes. Yes, 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 yes absolutely. Okay. All right. And thank you, everyone in the audience, for participating and being engaged. And um, if you enjoy what you heard, please share the broadcast. 
Um, and I'll see you um, Thursday. I will be speaking with um, Entice and author Untamed about their uh, novel, uh, Soldiers of Love. So I hope you can join, join me then. That's this Thursday at 7 p.m. All right. Good evening, everybody. Bye. Good evening.